Okay, we are right. We are live. We are live. Sabaho, everybody. Sabaho, and welcome back. Um, I see that I'm actually not the first one here, so I do appreciate everybody waiting for us and kicking it with us here on this Saturday. Um, it, you know what? It's been an interesting week. It's finally uh, the week that we've been able to. Okay, let's say this: the week that I haven't been able to talk about many things, I can now finally talk about what these things are. Uh, so obviously, a lot of big embargoes got broken for us, and a lot of people kind of just jumped in, and 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 of course. Um, uh, a lot of good news. Let's just say this. This week, super packed with news, super packed with information, and I put out a lot of videos. And I'm not going to lie, it's been a very exhausting week because uh, uh, one of the embargoes for the phones, as you know, the Xperia uh, was in the middle of the night, my time. And as usual, I typically put out two videos, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, so I see we have a whole bunch of people sitting already waiting with us here in the chat. I see Farhan's in the chat. Greg, uh, Donald Lazino's in there. Uh, Purposely Gaming, hey, hope you're doing good, Matt. Uh, everybody's doing good. Uh, and of course, Davin Davis in there. Uh, I think oh, TNC is in there as well. And I think I saw, oh, sorry, I did mention Farhan. Oh, ER, Ibrahim. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. And then our <laughs> souls are ready. <laughs> Jeffrey Riley, thank you, man. I appreciate uh, everybody hanging out with us here on this beautiful Saturday. Uh, it's a little bit warm here, so not that it matters depending on where you are in the world. Uh, you know, there's heat going in everywhere. So we are starting to see summer weather. We're going to be hitting about 100 degree Fahrenheit here, which is about 40 degrees Celsius. Um, and that's typical for us. It's dry heat, so it's not too bad. Uh, but let's get back to some of the main things, obviously, some of the big things coming up. Uh, the Experian 1 Mark IV has, has me in awe, like seriously in in. And I don't know if it's, it's truly because I'm a fan and I'm a really big fan of what Sony has to do, it has to offer and what they offer as far as hardware. And I use them for almost any type of photography that I use. I mean, seriously, uh, from my overhead camera to my main camera to my secondary portable camera, whenever I think of camera hardware, um, it typically will be something that I'm picking up is going to be a Sony because I know the science, I know the photography, and I know what they focus on. The Xperia line, as of about three years ago, has been focusing heavily on that experience. So the Xperia 1, the Xperia 2, the Xperia 3, and of course the Xperia 4. And I'm talking about the 1 Mark 1, Mark 1, 1 Mark 2, and of course that I'm referring to the 1 series, but in the in the Mark format. Um, you know, seeing their evolution, seeing what they do, seeing the fact that they listen to people, I think is a very big um, statement from a company in 2022, especially a company like Sony, because you think of obviously companies that are known that are massive in, in their industries, depending where you are. Obviously, we all know Sony Electronics has been around forever. I grew up with Sony Electronics and even in Lebanon, and we knew what Sony represented. So to see what they did with the Xperia 1 Mark IV, where they've incorporated changes and updates that people have been wanting from the for the device. An example would be a bigger battery. Um, the other option, of course, is we want a better, better camera for the front-facing camera. And I think OnePlus did the exact same thing this year. It seems like 2022 was the year where companies that have carried smartphones with camera experiences that haven't been updated for some time on the front-facing camera have definitely moved on to that. So the Xperia 1 Mark IV supports 4K 30 frames per second, 1080p 30, 1080p 60 on the front-facing camera. Video Pro, the app, now supports the front-facing camera. Now that we're able to shoot more professionally, they brought in a 12-megapixel sensor from the, front, from the back to the front. I'm really happy to see that. But even then, some of the features they brought in from the Xperia Pro I, specifically this, this entire ca camera setup. Now, Sony didn't, uh, the, the review device that I got from Sony is a prototype, but it didn't, it didn't come with the kit. So I'm actually using the Pro I exact hardware kit, the grip, the display, uh, the, you know, and all of this stuff. And 
it's just so nice to be able to live stream from anywhere and actually have fully functioning experience on the back sensors. I'm not knocking the front. And of course, I appreciate what we get there. We still technically get a better experience on the main sensors on the back because we have the ability of shooting in a, a much more flexible um, lens setup, right? We're going from a 16 to a 24 to an 85. And of course, there is emergency uh, things going on uh, in, in our area, but uh, nothing big. I think there. this is for an area this far. I don't know now which phone is making this out. So let's go ahead and see if we can find it. Found it. It was the OnePlus, the OnePlus 10 Pro that just finally got it. Um, surprising, uh, just for everybody's reference, if you've never known, at least in the US, um, your phone doesn't actually have to be connected to uh, a SIM card or a landline for it to get those emergencies. Uh, based on geographic location, they're able to push them to carriers or to devices that are uh, considered to be mobile devices. So this is something interesting. I've, I haven't noticed why it's been that way. Um, I see Dominic Wands kicking it with us, as well as Jimmy Fire Dragon. Good morning. Um, <laughs> it just has <laughs> Ibrahim is uh, kicking it, and it's like I just had some nice ice cream from the ice cream van. Uh, my first, my first time in since the last year. You know what? Ice cream sounds like a really good thing today. I think ice cream would be definitely on the menu for many people. I hope you guys are able to finally find your own um, flavor. That's the best way to say it, right? There's ice creams everywhere, but it, you have to find your right flavor. And of course, grew up during the Sony Walkman era. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're talking Sony Walkman. Um, I remember, oh my God, how old was I? I want to say maybe 12 or 13. And my aunt bought a Sony boombox. And what I mean, and I don't know how, if I can find the model, but essentially it, it had like a little keyboard at the bottom of it, a cassette player in the center. It wasn't a dual cassette. It was a single cassette. Uh, of course, an FM radio, but it has two massive speakers on the side that you can detach and then separate them to get better sounding experience from around you. So you're not focused on just sitting in the boombox and kind of like, you know, walking around with it. And I remember that was for me the epic uh, experience when it came down to Sony, uh, because I, I love the fact that it incorporated a keyboard, it incorporated a tune, uh, like a little a MIDI player. Um, also incorporated the cassette player, but also gave me the ability of customizing little uh, effects. It was really more experiencing uh, all the options you wanted to do. And it was still in a smaller form factor. And of course, moving on to the CD player, to the, uh, to, as I say, as, uh, as uh, Ibrahim was saying, you know, with the Sony Walkman, the evolution of the Walkman from CDs to you know, mini discs, I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, to the current generation where the iPod, the iPod no longer exists. The thing that started Apple on the path that they got today is no longer in it a thing the ipod is no more but long live uh, you know sony hardware and everything going on there of course um absolutely okay hold on a second i think jimmy okay there's one more i got one more so <laughs> Uh, this this thing is going on and I can't really tell which one. Okay, so uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon is thinking here, what do you think about the death of the iPod? Um, I mean, I think it's an evolutionary thing. Realistically, I, I we kind of already moved beyond what the iPod represents. We used to, there used to be an era where people valued MP3 players and people valued uh, portable players and the ability of carrying all their content on a separate device because that was still the era where more mostly smart well say smartphone weren't, weren't mostly used so we still had a lot of people going in for feature phones and people used to be able to basically carry a much bigger collection of music on their iPods than what their phones used to carry and i specifically talk about the generation where apple used to think 32 meg gigabytes were okay for a phone and at the time was a flagship or when we went up to the 64 gigs and all uh, so on 
So the iPod had a purpose. You had mass storage. It had a spinning disk in its earlier generation. Then they moved over to SSD. But I think what, now that we are at a situation that the iPhone is really an iPod with connection at to the next level, there really isn't that much need to buy that specifically. Because when you're buying a toy or you're buying, let's say, a, an MP3 player for a, a young one or a person in the family now that they're growing up, almost none of them would choose an iPod over an iPhone because the iPhone does that exactly. So from that kind of a overall ecosystem, I, I really feel like, yeah, the iPhone pretty much made the iPod obsolete, although the iPod made the iPhone possible. So, I, you know, yeah, I'm sad to see it go because I used to use it. But I understand why it no longer needs to exist. And I also realize that Apple's evolving and, you know, we're not going to get a uh, you know, sequel to that because the iPhone is essentially the ultimate iPod, um, not only with storage, capabilities, functionalities, updates, screen size, and of course, what you want to get out of an MP3 player. Um, this morning, um, you know, hold on. Okay. So this morning when I was, it was in the in the office and I was cleaning up a little bit, um, I because we were talking about the iPod and I actually want to see if you guys remember this guy. So it's not an iPod. It's an MP3 player that, and it's an old MP3 player, but it's an MP3 player that uses, uh, oh, of course, now I need to kind of set this up. Let's see. Can Sony handle and hang? Let's see. Sony key? No. Nope. Sony doesn't want to do that. Okay, I'll turn that on. This is the, um, it's a it's called the Creative Zen MP3 player. And it was released a long time ago, but it used to be basically be one of those uh, one of those MP3 players that ran on a AAA battery. And the really nice thing about it is it fit in your pocket. And I think this thing had very little storage. I don't even know how much storage this thing has. Let me see. Can it tell? Oh, it's one gig. <laughs> so let's do this here. This guy, the Creative Zen, it's dirty. I do apologize, but I want to show you guys here. Look, it took a AAA battery. You didn't even have, uh, you know, charging cable. You just replaced the battery on this. It had one gig of storage, and I think I was able to put a thousand songs on this. Uh, and let's go ahead and come back now that I know my lesson. So it, it is really kind of a, a full circle. MP3 player is no longer a thing, but that's because smartphones are a major thing. So, uh, oh, Hamid, Hamid, the PS Vita. Oh my God, yes, we're taking, we're going, we're going down, down nice memory lanes in there. Um, the Walkman's hearing Walkman's feel makes me feel old now. Uh, can someone make a review of the X80 Pro Plus and the ZTE Axon Ultra? So the Reaper Black. Here's the weird part. It probably there is probably somewhere somebody that has both of these devices. Uh, I know that the X80, uh, as from what I've seen right now, it's coming up to India. I think that's primarily where the market is, anyways. Uh, the ZTE Axon 40 Ultra, I think I've seen some information on it, but it's it at some point or another somebody will put that video, and if I do, I'll try to retweet that over on on Twitter. So if you guys haven't seen that from me, please make sure to check that out. We'll see there. Um, <laughs> Let me see. TK, I had one of those boxes uh, with the CD players and the cassette players. <laughs> uh, that thing was a hype as well. Absolutely, man. We're, we're talking straight up old school, like, you know, I'm talking 80s timeline here, guys. I'm talking like back in the 80s, Sony was still epic. And um, it's weird, but in, in Lebanon, at least where I grew up, Sony was always a brand that uh, was considered like a luxury brand because you need to pick up a Sony, you're picking up real good hardware, really good, a really good experience on the, on the audio. So on, so they were known for that. So for me, whenever I hear Sony, I still have that nostalgic effect. Uh, every time I hear the name and every time I work with, with Sony, thank you. Uh, Finn Jacobs. Hey, DK, hope you're doing well. Hey man, welcome back. 
So I, I do want to kind of talk, we're going to talk about Sony, we're going to talk about Honor, and I definitely want to jump in deep dive into the Google I.O. stuff. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was hoping for hardware. I typically, we. so I'll, I'll say this. Last time I was at I.O., the, the Pixel 3a was announced and the 3a XL were, were a thing. The 3a, the A series was a thing when it came down to pixels. And I was very happy to see what they offered. And of course, from there on, we saw the Pixel 4, the Pixel 4a, the Pixel 4, uh, 5 and 5a. And at the end of the day, what we're seeing right now is a series or a continuation of feature premium, mid-range, uh, sorry, um, upper premium and premium. And that's where you get the 6 and the 6 Pro. And we obviously know that now it, on July 21st, the Pixel 6a is going to be available, which is a big jump and a very, very nice thing to go with. So... I was really hoping that they, were, they would make the announcement this month. And it did. They made it in the middle of Google I.O. There was so much stuff talked about at Google I.O. that I am so surprised at some of the things I totally missed. First and foremost, I'll say that um, some of the software optimizations on their search functionalities, the multiple queries uh, options, the nearby functionalities that they're talking about are very nice. I love the fact that we can not only look for specific things like pictures of things, like if I take a picture of the Zen um, and I force, the, of course, in my search query, I put in nearby. I want to know if there is somewhere nearby me, somebody that's selling this or can repair this. So this is something that's very nice. And then, of course, switching it over to what we saw with the hardware announcement. So. Google decided to say, look, we're not going to fall in for the whole leaks and, and rumors and whatever, and the video that's going to drop off unboxing the phone in a week or so, whatever. We typically see those coming up every year with a the Pixel. Um, they, not only, they not only announced the 6A, but they also announced the 7 and the 7 Pro. So there's no more leaking of anything. We already know Android 13 is in development. We know it's in beta right now. Um, speaking of which, which is really nice, both Oppo and uh, uh, Oppo and OnePlus announced their beta or their develop uh, their preview one based on um, on Android 13, available for both the uh, the X5 uh, the uh, sorry yeah the Oppo uh, Find X5 Pro as well as the OnePlus 10 Pro. Unfortunately, at least for me, I don't know why, uh, but uh, the on the Oppo side, I couldn't download and install it. The variant of the uh, Find X5 Pro that I have is a UK style model, and the, the and the uh, the models that they supported were mostly Asian, which is typically what happens with Oppo. So I'm hoping there'll be an, a version for that that is available for international market. Step back to the other side. OnePlus, of course, provided us for in, uh, for Indian, uh, European, as well as uh, you know uh, U.S. or North American variants. So you'll be able to check those out. If you're interested to check out the developer preview, please make sure to back up your data, reset your phone, start fresh. Don't transfer data into it so you can get that good experience. And then when you're done with it, just revert back because it's not something you're supposed to live in. It's early, early view of what their what their software is going to be, and it's really intended more for developers. Um, uh, so I may actually be installing it on one of mine. So the OnePlus 10 Pro that I have definitely. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Javier, <laughs> Javier, goes like, I had a Zen. Holy macro! I haven't seen that thing in ages. I haven't seen it in ages. This thing was sitting in seriously in like a, a pile of different things. It is very dusty. I know I can power it on, which is the scary part, and I know I probably can use it because since it didn't have a built-in battery, there was no decay inside. There was no issues with the battery. I just need to put in a triple A battery, triple A battery, which luckily still exists. And I need to find, uh, this is going to be crazy. I need to find the old USB style connector because this thing uses the original USB uh, and I think it, it should be fine. But one gig of memory on an MP3 player. Back then it was crazy. Uh, and just for reference a little bit, this was my wife's. Uh, back then she didn't have a smartphone and she wanted to listen to music. So we used to put music on the, uh, the, the Zen for her. So definitely very happy with that one uh, for sure. 
uh okay I, I i man i'm missing a lot so i'm, I'm first and foremost happy very happy everybody's jumping in with the chat i really love it the ztx on 40 ultra goes globally next month in june um i will be reaching out i'll, I'll try to reach out to zte and see if we can get something on there um <laughs> hamid hamid no i don't have the google six uh the 6a yet um i'll say the um I, i'm not gonna lie i honestly anticipated you know that they were going to have hardware. I was at a small uh, gathering of Google Pixel team or Team Pixel here in the in the Los Angeles area, um, and it was basically centralized for mostly to West Coast. So for most of the Team Pixel uh, members that are in the West Coast, who were there was obviously invited there. So we had some people come up from San Diego and different experiences there. Uh, no, their hardware. There was no hardware available yet. I think July is going to be the earliest when you'll start seeing anybody. So the reality is nobody has that phone yet. But one thing that that phone represents is a change a massive change in what google is doing and i don't really think a lot of people are noticing the fact that they put in tensor in the 6a uh, we're talking i mean don't get me wrong they're taking a page absolutely from apple's side this is a very much apple move wherever even the um even the uh the iphone uh, se 2022 has the uh, the best and the latest soc that apple releases they're not trying to play that division of you know mid-range to low power processors and that kind of experience no they're giving you tensor experience on the 6a for four for 450 bucks in the us you're going to get the tensor on the six uh 599 uh, pixel 6 and then you're going to get the uh, the 6 pro also coming in at the 899 now obviously as we get closer to the 7 and the 7 pro release that's going to change a little bit but from a budgetary experience you're getting the same horsepower running the same engine um, in that device, which is going to give you some of the best experiences as all of the improvements that we've seen since the release of Tensor that are going to be coming in here. Now, obviously, this is not going to compete very heavily with the 7 and the 7 Pro. More than likely, they'll, jump, they'll be jumping into the next generation of Tensor. But I think this is something to keep in mind. It, you know, What you're getting really is a very good experience. It's not what we saw before with the 4A series or the 5A. The 5A and the 4A were definitely running um, more mid-range processors, You know, the 765. But it was what you expected. Here, you're running their flagship experience. So it's a big change there. Now, the 7 and the 7 Pro, what we've saw, what we've seen there as well is the fact that now they're, they're doubling down on that experience. So the, the visor experience on the back is going to be a unique look to Pixel. And I think it's a nice look. It's something that when you see, you know exactly what you're looking at. You're not questioning if this is an iPhone or a Samsung or, you know, or any other thing. You know that Pixel looks like that. We know that the 6A will carry it, the 7 and the 7 Pro will carry it. Although the 7 Pro is no longer more of a black bar where you don't see where the modules are, they're actually purposely trying to make them stand out a little bit more. So I'm excited to see what the 7 and the 7 Pro offer and what the hardware capabilities are going to be on that device. Again, the 6 Pro has been doing very well for me, and it is one of my daily drivers that I use. I really like this phone, and I love the fact that literally on a monthly basis, this phone keeps getting better. Literally, like on the on the first Tuesday of the month, we know when things are and when the new features drop. Um, oh my God! Oh my God! Chemi Torres. Okay, so Chemi uh, wants to take us way back, way back, way back into beta into Betamax and uh, um, and of course the VHS cassette players. So. I grew up where beta Betamax was actually phasing phasing out. So if you guys remember back in the old days when there used to be the video cassette players, um, uh, the video players, so it used to come in basically a VHS or Betamax, right? And Betamax was the smaller form factor, Sony's proprietary technology on that one. And then the VHS was the more commonly known. And I think VHS took over, over uh, as time went on, mostly because of the fact that it was just a more easily accessible uh, medium. And it was a bit, slightly bigger cassette. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I remember that... <laughs> 
one of the biggest problems with this, obviously it doesn't exist anymore, but back then, um, because they were, they were in, in, a, in essence, really kind of like cassette players on a massive size, and you're obviously holding more data, but they are basically running magnetic strips, the, 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 not the filament, but essentially the, there, there are two coils of, um, magnetically, um, processed tape that goes inside of these things. And over time, VHS players and Betamax players used to get demagnetized, or basically they build up enough static that where it starts holding material on, uh, the actual rollers in the side. So we used to get a guy that used to come over to our house to fix those things. And I used to, and I learned how to fix them. It's actually the, uh, the inception of me loving to disassemble hardware and try to figure out how to fix it and then reassemble it. And I messed up many times, but at the end I learned it and that's how I started. And even, even with the Sony, uh, the, you know, the, the boom box and so on, uh, I actually learned how to open up that guy and put it back together when I was having some problems with one of the wires that broke off on the speakers. So yeah. Jimmy, you you win. You go way 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 back more than I did um, on the Baymax uh, Betamax on that one as well. Uh, nothing worse than going to run uh, to the gym with a big heavy Walkman. <laughs> Remember, we used to have stabilization. That was the one of the biggest things Sony kind of started as well. It's you know, the CD player used to have uh, stabilization on them because people used to run them in the car and they put them on the dash. So as you go driving, <laughs> you don't get the tracks. <laughs> Uh, they used to fix that. I remember. I remember those days. I actually found a couple of CDs, and weird enough, I don't have a CD player. I have a portable CD player, not a portable CD player, but like an external CD-ROM drive for my PC in case I ever decide to kind of run a CD. But for the most part, I don't. I'd like. I'm. Where do I put this? My car doesn't have a CD player. Um, I think my wife's car, the our Ford, uh, has a CD player, so maybe we'll listen to it there. But we'll see. Um, the Reaper Blacks jumping back. Do you think that TTE is a big company or a small, uh, a small player in the smartphone market? I don't see it as popular as Xiaomi, Oppo, or Realme. ZTE as a company has, hey, see, they have their hands in a couple of things, right? So we have the uh, Red Magic brand, we have the Nubia brand, um, and of course, there's a few other things going on. But the ZTE smartphone brand, unfortunately, hasn't really picked up. The Axon 7, I feel like, has been the epic, uh, the the very heavy um high point for them uh, for, for quite some time. And what we see now is we do see them experimenting with new technologies. We do see them printing out pretty decent hardware. I think overall availability and um, market in the US, because they also did have some issues at some point, uh, not exactly the same as Huawei and, and Honor uh, did at the time, but they were also kind of, uh, kind of like almost booted out. And then they've had a harder time coming back into the US market. So from a standpoint of hardware and what they do, they're still on the same mission. They're still trying to do well. I think it's a little bit, um, It's you're right. I, Oppo definitely has a much bigger market share. Xiaomi releases so many variants and so many devices every year. It's a, it, they're, they're just a sheer power to, hand, to, to even try to go uh, next to. And of course, when we start looking at some of the other companies like Realme, Realme stepping it up very heavily, leveraging the, the Oppo and OnePlus relationship very amazingly well. So I'm really loving seeing what, what Realme is doing this year alone with uh, the GT2 Pro, as well as the, obviously the Dragon Ball Edition phone, they just won me on that one. You don't even have to talk about that. I really like what they're doing. So absolutely, they're, they're still there. They're still coming out with phones. Unfortunately, I think it's just not as big of a market in the uh, in the uh, US market. Now, internationally in the in Europe, I would love to hear from you guys. Let me know if you guys, what do you guys think of the, uh, of, of, you know, of ZTE's uh, performance, of course, or what they are, what they have. Um, oh man, Google Glass. So yes. So Jimmy, I'm with you, Jimmy. So, okay. Um, a couple of years ago, um, there was a company called Nord, um, focal, they, there was a company called Nord and they, uh, not 
one plus nord but north um they 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 launched a pair of glasses and they were doing very well they uh, Juan, um our buddy juan did the review on those um and they released the first generation it was essentially um Smart glasses with AR capabilities, uh, augmented reality by providing information in front of you and not, not making it so cumbersome to kind of open up, you know, your watch or your phone. And then Google bought them out at right before, like a month or so before they were releasing their second generation hardware. And I was really bummed, not, not that they got bought out by Google, but I finally got a chance to work with their PR and we were really excited about kind of, you know, launching the next opportunity with the next generation. And then the, bought out, the buyout kind of came in and just went quiet. What we saw at Google I.O., was the fruit of that merger, the fruit of that merger into Google. And the reality is that Google is in the market to bring back um, AR experiences on glasses. They're not going back for the at Google Glass experience with the whole visor sitting thing on the top right. They're trying to make it seamless. These pair of glasses that we saw in the demo were tetherless. Their experience is very easy. The, uh, the information was on, uh, on the display. And I'm really excited to see how they were able to do all of that. Now, specifically, battery life, processing power, and information cap uh, information that we see here. To this point, because I got a chance to play with Google Glass back when Glass was a thing, Google Glass was functional and it made perfect sense. Battery life sucked. There was no question that you had to charge it multiple two to three times a day. Um, and if you do like, let's say an hour drive or 45 minutes to an hour drive, your battery is pretty much just too tanked. Then we got some other generation of hardware that came out from other companies, and we've seen them uh, around the market, but most of them have been focusing heavily on being tethered, meaning a wire runs directly into your phone. Now, we saw some of those as well with Qualcomm a couple of years ago at, when I went to the Google, uh, with the, to the Qualcomm event as well. Not this last one. This one didn't have that much. I think this was because it was still kind of mid-pandemic kind of thing as the exit part. So I'm hoping 2022, the end of this year, uh, if I'm lucky enough to be able to be there again, uh, I'm hoping definitely a much bigger experience as we've seen before. But what I'm trying to shoot for and get to is that experience is going to be epic. And I really believe Google is the right company to put it out. I, I feel like the name recognition, the functionality, the glass history, and the fact that the, you know, the Focal by North did so well, we're definitely going to see something epic from you. This is actually one of the big surprises that I'm trying to talk about in the in the show. I was very surprised to hear about that and, and actually see. Obviously, there was no announcement for this year. This is more like 2023. Uh, but it's definitely something that I got a chance to experience. Uh, emotionally, the way they demonstrated it was on point. Google did amazingly well. So, yeah. Uh, but, of course, it was like a, at the end of a line of like a thousand other things that they announced, right? So it's a lot of things going on. Uh, when I was very little, I had very little fun and I had Sanyo cassette. So Sanyo was the other brand. Yes. Nothing's wrong with Sanyo. I mean, Sanyo did really nice. Uh, for me, it, it, keep in mind, this was in the eighties and it wasn't actually mine. This was my aunt's. So she bought it and I got a chance to play around with it. And I think later on when she got, when she stopped using it, I kind of begged my way into that and she did give it to me, but it was never purchased directly for me. It was more somebody, I, I don't remember exactly how she got it. Uh, but I think somewhere somehow i may still have that one sitting around i may have to look for that as well um is motorola version 30 pro available in the us market so no we didn't actually get the ver uh, the uh, the version 30 pro uh, sorry so the moto 30 pro we did not come to the us at least not yet um typically motorola what will they will do is they'll release a few of their high end devices like the edge pro plus was the version that we got here in the us and that one does it actually exist outside in the international market? I think that may be the 30 Pro that you're referring to. But in the US, we call it the Edge Pro Plus or the Edge Pro 2020. So that's the that's the version. And it would be this one. 
So that's this is a this is the moto that we have in the US that literally just came out and it is absolutely a fingerprint magnet. Um, <laughs> now you guys know where to look uh, whenever I'm, I'm shooting video. If you see anything sitting on the side there, uh, it's usually when I have my, my little stack of phones. Um, it's a tablet holder, but I use it for phones because I'm just bad. I'm bad at keeping things. Um, any oh so here is good Reaper. Uh, any uh, any information on the uh, Xiaomi 12 Pro Ultra? A lot more up. A lot more uh, rumors and leaks are coming out right now on this. Sadly, it looks like the secondary, the external display on the back that was never fully utilized. So this is something that I really wanted to see in the 12 Ultra because the 11 Ultra did so well with it, and you could use it for taking pictures and mostly portrait pictures, not even standard pictures. They never fully, you know, materialized that feature that they told us they were going to give us, which was the ability of using the full display or that little mini display on the back as a viewfinder for video. Literally, ninety percent of what that function would be would be replacing this entire display. That I mean, don't get me wrong, Sony did an amazing job here, but it only works with Sony devices. So if I wanted to use something like this, let's say with a Xiaomi, I had no way. And the Ultra last year had that function. So. What we're looking at, at least at now, right now, is a reconstruction of the back design on the uh, the, the 12 Ultra, and it looks like it is still coming. Uh, more than likely, we're releasing in the Chinese market first, and then later on globally launched. So uh, I think we'll definitely find out more. It's much later than it was released last year. Last year was more released at the beginning of the year, or alongside the initial 12 and 12 Pro. So I'm excited to see what it offers, but I haven't heard a lot of that on as well. Um, and I'm sorry for for the, the smile wasn't because of that, but uh, I'm sharing the pain actually with uh, Matt. Unfortunately, Matt had to had to say goodbye to his Find X5 Pro, and for, uh, unfortunately, right now. So I'm hoping at some point you'll be able to find a way to bring it back to the family and and hang out with it, I'm, or maybe even pick up a three Pro. The FX three Pro is still a very nice. I think you got a chance to play with it as well. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully things get better very soon, man. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Oh, good. Uh, so Greg's putting in um, and installed 13 beta 2 on his pixel uh, on one of his pixels, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, Google's been doing really good with their betas. Their beta software is very, very nice. I just recommend you guys going in with a clean installation. Don't go in there transferring, especially if you haven't had the beta installed before. For sure, it'll be very, very functional. Um, Golan, hey, man, hope you're doing well. Hey, uh, um, hey, TK, uh, did Honor... Oh, deserves uh, the respect like Huawei. What do you think about this company? Okay. So I've worked with both Honor and Huawei for many years. And in the in the past, pre-issues, um, Honor has always been known as the um, way to explain it. It's basically the best bang for the buck, uh, the, uh, the, the lo not the lower end, but basically the more consumer-friendly online sales, less retail stores, uh, saver type of an experience from Huawei. So they divided their companies and Huawei's basically separated Honor about a couple of years ago. And now we're starting to see more devices being launched globally that supports Google Play services. And what I mean by this, last year we had, um, and I did actually a, a live event uh, coverage with XTA, I think it was back in October for the Magic 3. So the Magic 3 was the big thing that we were supposed to see, and it was supposed to be the first device to come out. And unfortunately, there's been some things going on, but, you know, bring it over to May 2020, uh, you know, 2022. And I, by the way, just for reference, uh, and now I'm trying to figure out where I put it. Uh, but the Magic 4 Pro, I got a chance to see that at MWC. It absolutely looks amazing. I even got a chance to check out the Honor Magic V, their foldable smartphone, very nice, tall form factor. But to answer your question, Golan, um, it's very much just what, the do, what they do, right? Follow the trail of what the company does and what they're offering. 
Right now, if you look at what Honor's offering, they're offering you some of the best experiences that Honor has to offer. This is not intended to be their super flagship version of the Magic Pro. There's still the four Pro or the four Ultimate Edition that was also announced, but I think it's still available only in the Chinese market. But when you look at what they're offering with the fact that they're globally available, they're giving us fast charging, fast wireless charging, Google Play services, large main sensor, large ultra wide sensor, and a 64 L uh, telephoto lens. And we're getting 4K on the front facing camera, which is typically not available in Chinese brands. So it's just kind of reference. I have to say that, you know, it's they're on the right path. I don't think the uh, the functionalities over the things that they were, people were concerned with before are still present. And I think Huawei is on that return path. They're able to use uh, Qualcomm chipsets now. They're just not able to use 5G technology on those. Uh, we're seeing differences in both companies. But to answer the question is, I like Honor and I really like what they stand for. I'm happy to see that I'm able to start working with them again as my own entity, as opposed to being part of XDA. Um, there would be a big thing for me, at, at least I'll say, my with my transition to separate from XDA, there is a big shift in in certain things going on for me. Uh, one thing I will probably say is there's a couple of brands that stopped talking to me. I don't know why, but I know it may have had that something to do with the fact that their primary target was XDA and I was probably not enough for them. But where, where I'm trying to say is look at the companies, look at how they behave and look at how the relationship has been developing. When I got a chance to talk to Honor at MWC, they were open and very, very welcoming to work with me again. And again, building on the fact that I've been supporting them uh, and supporting their brand for many, many years. And of course, you know, talking about them and working with them and covering a lot of their hardware. So long story short, it's a road to, it's a road to redemption and they're, they're definitely on the right path. I'll say that much. Uh... Okay, here. So Dominic Juan says, I don't like Google removed the headphone jack on the six on the six A. So it, it it's hard to kind of tell, you know, exactly the 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 approach on how some companies are are moving forward. I'm thinking the reality at the end of the day, it's 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 really sad. It's really sad that we're losing the headphone jack on most devices. The sad the fact that now a device like this, the Sony Xperia One Mark IV, the one you know Mark III, Mark One, all of those devices, or just Sony devices in general, are going to keep the two things that people truly care about or enthusiasts still care about. I don't know why it's becoming an enthusiast feature. It should be a standard feature on anything, an SD card and a headphone jack. And the fact of the matter is, now the 6A is supposed to be more budget friendly, so I don't understand why the headphone jack is not there. We had them before. It's not like they couldn't do it. So the design and the question behind that, that'll be something I'll be asking Google on, on the next opportunity I get um, as far as what is the reasoning behind that. But it is truly sad that we're losing that. I, I, I think my thing at the end of the day is, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're pushing out the Pro, the, the Buds Pro. And I think that's what the Buds Pro are going to be coming out at the same time. So maybe that, that has some relation into that. But as far as why, I don't know. I really don't. I don't understand why that hardware. There can't be that much money saved by removing the headphone jack. This is one thing. Now, could it have something to do maybe with an IP rating? We don't know. I'm, I'm speculating here, maybe water seal and so on. Uh, not to say that Sony couldn't have done it because Sony does IP rating even with a headphone jack. Um, to me, it's more about um, what, what they're trying to offer and what they're trying to um, build the ecosystem around. And I feel like Google is truly trying to shift into a truly wireless experience. So that could be the reasoning behind that as well. I love I love notifications and I'm like 6,000 emails um, on my watch and we'll install without a charger. Okay, let's jump into that one. Okay, sorry. Uh, da, da, da. I think that was... Uh, root the Tesla to play CDs. 
I don't have to root it. I mean, there's ways to make a Tesla play CDs. There are obviously many, many ways uh, with FM tuners and so on. It's not that hard. I can probably put make it Sony, a Sony a ten, ten disc Sony Walkman connect directly in and control it with a with a with a steering wheel controller. The question would be: Is should I? Because technically, I can plug in an SSD, a four terabyte SSD, into my Tesla with so much music that will make any CD kind of a moot point or even not even, you know, a purpose of anything there. So this is one thing with Tesla's you, you really have to kind of function. Like, I mean, the Tesla's let's just say this Tesla has a feature where you have to put a pin code to drive the car. Like, you know how we unlock our phones, we can put a pin code on this. So even if somebody figures out how to steal, let's say your, your key card or something like that, or if they steal your phone and they get to the car and whatever, and they're trying to drive the car, there could be a pin sitting for you there telling you like, oops, this thing is not going to work. So yeah, Sony definitely make it. We can make it happen. Uh, should come with a CD player option purposely. Um, I think it would make sense, except for I think we've moved on from CDs. I I, I want to ask this generally, uh, like a honest to god question in 2022, for everybody in the chat right now. Have you bought a CD, an actual physical CD? I'm not talking about buying an album. I'm talking about physically going to a brick and mortar or online or whatever. But you bought a CD to listen to. I would love to hear it because I haven't bought a CD in like three plus years. And I only bought a movie last year, an actual physical movie disc, because I couldn't find Once Upon a Deadpool um, in any store or in any online service to be able to watch it. For some reason, after the initial airing and the ability of renting it, it just disappeared. And the only way to find it is as a physical disc. So I, let me know in the comments. I would love to. If Have you purchased a CD, a physical CD in 2022 to listen to music? So I would love to see that. Imagine custom Dragon Ball uh, rap for... Oh, there is custom rap. Okay, so, uh, oh my God, don't get me wrong. So I've been really debating on the whole custom rap on this. I want to put a custom rap on my car, but I want to do like a little bit of a Goku. So just for reference, my Goku or, so my car is called, I named my car Goku. Um, and the, the biggest thing I do with it is obviously it's the black and blue. I'm trying to do a little bit of Super Saiyan God blue and with obviously standard form Goku. If I do a wrap, I want to do a little bit more of an ultra instinct, a uh, little bit more of a silverish color going on uh, with a Goku, some type of a Goku representation on there. So this is something I've been wanting to do for some time. Um, it's just been haven't been able to find the time to the right design and then working with the right company that does uh, that does decent job on, on wrapping in my area because this is the other thing I need to find somebody close to me because uh, this is a, a long time this is something you drop off the car and you pick it up later and if they're not near me it's going to be a little bit hard and as you guys remember um, I didn't have my car for like three weeks or so while they were replacing the battery so I, I've, I have a little bit of separation anxiety going on there um Finn, oh, thank you. How's it going with post-Ramadan? Are you used to drinking and eating? Uh, you know, yeah, it, it took a couple of days. It took a couple of days of kind of getting back into whole waking up in the morning and not early, early in the morning to eat and so on. Um, the sleep prop, uh, process kind of going back to normal, it's actually not bad. I still, you know, I still technically wake up early enough in the morning. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, yeah, we go back to normal and, you know, we'll wait for the next year, you know, so 11 more months or so and we'll have another Ramadan. Uh, but yes, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. And speaking of which, um, so for the winner that won the phone uh, last week uh, that we made, uh, and I think um, Oscar de Jesus, uh, he did get in touch with me. We did. Uh, I was able to ship the phone to him, so it's on its way. So Oscar, if you're watching the show, uh, thank you very much for the support. And um, hopefully you'll get there safe and sound. I'm, you know, in, shipping into Europe, it's a little bit, uh, it takes some time, but I'm pretty sure uh, you'll definitely be very happy. I shared the tracking for him uh, with him as well. Uh, thank you. 
so the Reaper Black, yeah, no, definitely the ZTE is. A, it's been a tough situation for uh, for all of them. Uh, <laughs> purposely is TK. I'll send you a picture. I've uh, I've still got a uh, still stack a rack of CDs. <laughs> okay, again, Dan. Uh, sorry, uh, Matt. I'm not saying if you have them. There's a big difference between did you buy any? Have you had the per uh, the reason to buy? See, there's see these are so cheap. They're like 50 p's over here. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, yeah, Iron Maiden and stuff like that. If you're buying classics, I make that sense, of course. Um, TK, by the way, I'm watching Dragon Ball Super on Crunchyroll. Dude, nice. I'm so glad Sony is letting me. Uh, sorry, uh, is letting me to uh, to start watching Dragon Ball. Crunchyroll is part of my Sony, if part of Sony, anyways. No, absolutely, man. Uh, Dragon Ball and it's big. It's a big. Let's just say this: the Dragon Ball universe, and it is a universe is massive and there are so many aspects of it that you can find and that you can appreciate and i love the fact that it's a way for people to get together and i really can't wait to go back to japan just for that not to say that the food is not amazing and the whole culture and everything else amazing about japan i i literally i geek out about the fact it's like going to um going to goku's home literally and this is that's that's how i feel so i can't wait when i'm able to actually get back on there um okay so dan sorry so matt did buy some iron maiden cds um and i bought a cd last week check, check your twitter dms i will i will uh it's a little bit hard jumping in in, in the middle of that <laughs> it's like oh my god uh um okay so here purposely gaming uh you can rip your cds to your phone apps that's the whole purpose this is why the the the, the ipod is no longer a thing it's because you could put everything on your phone um all phones are uh progressing except uh, except in the battery uh, on the old system um, only accelerating charging so i think to a certain point hardware is at a cusp of a major change we haven't seen a lot a lot of okay so i'll be very frank most phones and i can and these are just generalized statements but i'll say them and it should apply to almost like 99.99 percent of devices most phones released in the uh, right now by any company are of a rectangular shape be it a foldable, be it straight, it'll be a rectangular shape. Squares very rarely, but more than likely rectangular. Uh, most phones are flat slab phones. They're going to be smartphones that you're going to be able to interact with. Different forms, shapes, and sizes. Sony goes a little bit more, you know, narrow, taller, a phone that you can actually put your finger around and actually grab. So you have a very good grab on the phone. And this is one of the things I love about Sony devices is not only are they easier and, and comfortable to use, but they're really nice. And the battery technology that we're using right now. Now, companies have been finding different ways to improve charging by splitting the batteries, by providing us faster uh, charging and better cool down. But at the end of the day, you're right. We're still limited to about 5,000 milliampere, roughly on the size of a battery. The capacity on the phone, like for the Xperia 1 Mark IV, Sony did, did have to make the phone ever so slightly thicker and wider to be able to hold an extra 500 milliampere battery that everybody's been asking for for, for a couple of generations now. So when you think of these type of hardware or these things realistically, what is it that we need? We need better battery technology that doesn't generate as much heat. And we also need higher capacity battery that has a much better lifespan. And this is why I'm thinking that we're almost at a point where things need to change. How many more generations of phones can we keep going and saying that they're innovating and they're changing things? But in reality, all you're getting is a variant of a rectangle with a battery that charges fast and of course different camera experience i think those are obviously big factors i'm not trying to generalize saying that you know phones are not innovating and they're not moving every company's focus right now when it comes down to smartphones if you really think about it the camera is the biggest thing that everybody talks about and i like that i'm not disagreeing that that's a big factor 
But when we look at the reality, the matter is, I think the battery level of 5,000 milliampere has been set to a standard. So 4,500 to 5,000 is roughly what you're going to get on any device that comes out. Very few will go to the 6,000, but realistically, it's 4,500 to 5,000. It's going to be a rectangle of some sort, a different camera stack, typically two to three cameras on the back with a single camera on the front. Seriously, I just described 99% of the phones on the market. You don't know which one I'm talking about. But I think it's when we start look at looking at camera experience as well as what charging technology. Now, Oppo did showcase a 240-watt charger that can charge a 4,500 milliampere battery in about 15 minutes from 0 to 100. Now, that's crazy. They're moving forward. They're doing better, but we need better cells. We need better, longer-lasting cells and maybe higher-capacity cells that they can actually give us this supercharging technology. I love the fact that my Find X5 Pro, when it's down to 15%, I plug it in for about 20 minutes or so, and it's pretty much ready for me to last for the rest of the day. I don't have to worry about it. Same thing with the OnePlus 10 Pro. Even though we don't have 80-watt charging on the new one, I'm still going to be getting a very good, long-lasting battery and a really good, fast technology. And we want to be able to see some of that technology permeating with some of the other devices. But we want it at a safe rate that doesn't degradate the battery over time. I think that's the biggest thing. But I, I'm, I'm with you on that one, of course. Um, uh, here. Whenever I watch videos of smartphone cameras compared... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, this is the Reaper Black's back. Um, whenever I watch videos about smartphones, cameras, comparisons, I realize that the X70 Pro Plus can, be, uh, can beat so many camera smartphones that uh, that phone is a beast. So absolutely, absolutely. The X70 Pro Plus. Now, we need to wait to see how obviously the X80 Pro Plus is going to be able to do. Obviously, whatever the new... I'm calling the X80 Pro Plus. I don't know. The new generation of the X80. We're starting to see some leaks. Obviously, this is coming to India. Um, and, and I'll be frank, I don't have the phone, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to play it as if like, I know, but I don't know, but realistically with whatever we had, we got with the X70 pro plus last year, this is just going to be super icing on. I mean, if they stuck to the same experience as last year, this would still be some of the best experiences on the market. There is a, there is something to be said about the X70 pro plus that no other phone can do right now. The camera experience, the microphones on this, the true just horsepower. It got Android 12 in January. I know because I had it with me borrowed from Juan Carlos when I went to CES. And then at, at some point, I, I think, you know, once the X80 comes out, we really want that to be just the main core to start with. So, yeah, no, the X70, very much a very nice device. And uh, seriously, even to this day, it's still uh, still demanding and running a premium experience as well. Uh, oh, hey, Dan, Grounded Tech is in the chat. Good morning, man. Or uh, good afternoon. Hopefully you're doing well. Ron, Ron Guido is in there as well. Hmm. Okay, Ron. Ron's kicking it with me on like 200. Okay, so uh, Ron still has 200 CD disc with a CD player. Uh, but the question would be, Ron, Ron, did you buy any of those CDs to this year? I realize many of us have collections. I still have a collection of CD players, not as many CD. Sorry, I have a collection of CDs, but not as many collections of CD players, um, mostly because of just evolutionary changes. But have you purchased any of them as uh, in this year? Um, uh, Dan, I think it was just Dan's talking back in, uh, that life of tech, dude, uh, Roger, bot, <laughs> Roger, bot made an appearance. I'm sorry. This is life of tech off, uh, off on YouTube. So this is Roger bot over on Twitch. Hello everyone. Just uh, <laughs> chilling in the afternoon, watching in the stream. Appreciate the stream, man. I, I caught Roger bot's, uh, stream on Tuesday. I wasn't able to catch on his uh, Thursday one. Cause that was during the whole, uh, going on with everything. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on this week for me, especially with the whole, the double launch and phones, but yeah, definitely nice to see uh, Dan kicking it with us. Uh, I, Joe Joe Hickey's obviously with us here, purposely Pixel. I'm going to try to be on their show tomorrow, hopefully in the afternoon. 
Hey, take it cool people. Uh, jump in quickly before I get, I get to my get to mother-in-law. Man, hope you guys have a great time. Uh, and hopefully the weather is actually uh, very, very nice and working. I've uh, been loving my... <laughs> I like this. Uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon is saying is, I love my horribly named Sennheiser uh, Momentum True Wireless 3 earbuds, uh, which was only released um, on the 10th. Uh, so one thing to keep in mind, device names are... A part of the story, how they live with us and how they how they offer us the uh, the technology that they're trying to offer us is obviously going to be a big part of it. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know why, for some reason, make fun of the Sony Xperia Pro, you know, one uh, Mark III or Mark IV. The reality, at the end of the day, once you start understanding Sony's naming convention, you understand what the monikers and the mark and all of that in there, you appreciate what you're getting. The Mark IV is seriously one of the best devices that you're that are going to be ruling in 2022. And I do want to say something real quick because I got a comment on my video that I posted on Tuesday um, about the Xperia One Mark IV. Well, somebody was obviously saying like, "I'm really frustrated why Sony would announce the phone and Sony would basically not make it available till September." One thing to keep in mind: Sony, as a manufacturer, has a certain timeline of when they can release devices. In Europe, the, the Xperia 1 Mark IV, it's going to be released in June, on June 1st. So way earlier. So we're talking like literally two weeks from now. And every year we see that. I think the biggest thing that we need to understand and appreciate what Sony's trying to do and what Sony's, um, I would say, basically limitations are. The reason why Sony's devices in the US don't come out as fast, I don't think it has something to do with the hardware because we already all know the hardware is ready. Because if it wasn't ready, they wouldn't sell it in other countries. So we have to figure out that it has something to do with U.S. some kind of the U.S. market specifically that's causing them to be this much delayed. And I also have to think it has to do with the certification with 5G and the way the technology works in the U.S. It can't be the Sony device. It cannot be anything on Sony because the fact of the matter is, again, China, Europe, everybody's going to get the phone. And I can technically import that phone. But I know that if I import that phone, I won't get 5G. That technology will have to have something. And I think that's what's causing us to be so late uh, as far as the market-wise uh, when it comes to the U.S. market. And typically, yeah, I mean, the reason why the, um, I think it was the Xperia 1 Mark II didn't have 5G was because of that. I remember having a conversation with Sony saying, like, this phone didn't have it. It's like It was just too complicated to try to understand and figure out what the standards were in the U.S. market. And Sony decided to skip that and rely more heavily on a more uh, consistent experience, which was the 4G LTE. Now, we got 5G last year with the One Mark III. But again, that took us the two to three months to get the phone in September and so on. So it, it seems like it's the same situation, I feel like. Um, so it, this is where I kind of feel like I, I appreciate what Sony has to offer uh, but yeah, so let's not worry about the name of a, of a technology. You know, always, you know, look at what they're offering you and what they're trying to give you. Uh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, we may not have the Norma Tech Project this week. Sam's got... Okay, okay. Um, okay, so we'll try to see if we can work it into next Sunday. Okay, not a problem. Let's see what we can do. Um, I'll, I'll touch base with you a little bit more. I saw your comment and I didn't get a chance to respond back to you. I was in the um, I was in the middle of trying to work out details for an event next week, and I unfortunately that kind of the whole thing kind of fell through for me. So I've been really like Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and good part of this morning were basically just uh, all busy with you know just videos and so on and things going on. Um, long story short, sometimes things kind of you know go weird. Yesterday was Friday the thirteenth, and it definitely. I'll say this, it definitely did a number on me. I typically don't fall or don't go for the whole Friday the 13th and typically Friday the 13th are not that bad. But for some reason yesterday, I've had a very, 
oh my god it's been a weird it's been a week it's been a month it and it's not even half the month yeah i i'm with you uh let's go ahead we'll circle back we'll circle back next friday next sunday uh, you know hopefully and we'll make sure to keep it going earl owens man hope you're doing well thank you very much and glad glad to see that you're with us um so let's talk a little bit more i think we're almost at the point uh the one the one plus event <laughs> i can't name the event um unfortunately that's part of a part of the whole conversation uh things going on but no uh i, I can well <laughs> i can't name it but i can deny no no uh it, yeah uh it, obviously you know we'll, we'll see how things go uh hopefully hopefully on the next one um i will say this the biggest thing that i, I mean so we all knew about the pixel watch right everybody kind of anticipated we saw it uh there was a whole speculation going on with a couple of the presenters prior to uh prior to the watch being announced you know like are those are they wearing you know the the pixel watch uh and then later we can see definitely it's not they were wearing apple not apple samsung watches and so on um it's very interesting to see how google's approach to this because i want to really start looking at now now that we're seeing non-samsung watch announcement talking about wear 3.0 does that actually mean that now other companies can start using the Wear 3.0? Because right till this point, till last year, right? Last year, Wear 3.0 was announced. The Galaxy Watch came out with it. And Galaxy Watch has been the only one with it since then. No other company, no Tick Watch, no other company that was listed as a supported uh, company or supported hardware has received it yet. So for me, I'm wanting to move on, move on to the next level. I want to be able to see some improvements there. And, that, and I think the Pixel Watch is going to be a big factor there. Uh, the pixel glasses i am calling them glasses because we don't know the name are definitely a move in the right direction the thing that i was kind of surprised and obviously it's not coming till next year was the pixel tablet google deciding to come back to pixel or to come back to tablet in a format ever since they left it in the nexus 7 and the nexus 10. you guys remember back in the day the nexus 10 and the nexus 7 were the best pixel tablets you can get runs stock Android experience super fast. Definitely, I mean, they weren't made, made to be super powerful. Asus, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the manufacturer. And there was a whole issue with the whole wireless charging on the Pixel 7, and you had to literally open it up and fix the connector. It was a disconnected connector that wasn't clipped all the way. Um, but the, the reality at the end, Google decided to leave the format, and it was pretty much left for Samsung and TCO and um, other companies and Alcatel and so on and all the other companies that put out tablets. And they were basically carrying the Android experience on tablet for this long. And for the most part, literally Samsung is the only premium type of an experience when it comes down to tablets. I'm talking 2K displays, 120 Hertz refresh rate. And I'm talking, obviously the uh, Tab S8 Ultra is seriously, a, a, I mean, it's a big, it's a big guy. And now we're going to see Google come back. So I was surprised to see that part. The 6A, um, we kind of knew that was coming. We knew 7 and 7 Pro were going to come. The, the announcement of the what the hardware is going to look like, that was a surprise, but not the fact that the hardware was coming. But the tablet, 2023, for them to come back with a tablet, because they tried doing Chrome OS on tablets. Remember, I mean, we had that whole announcement and they, they couldn't get it to work right. I still think Chrome OS runs much better in more of a clamshell design. So the tablet I'm interested to see, and I'm also interested to see how does that translate to smartphone smartphones that are foldables because they hinted at that, a better UI, a better experience for smartphones that are intended to be large displays that fit into your pocket. The way he explained it, he's talking foldables. So we're going to look at obviously 2023 for foldables as well as tablet coming back into the fold. Um, so it's probably going to be somewhere where in, within Android 13. But we need to see basically how Android 13 kind of uh, culminizes at the end. Because at the end of the day, when you really think about it, Android 13, although it's in beta, 
I feel like Android 13 and, and Juan kind of feel, uh, feels the same way. Um, this is what Android 12 should have come out as last year. This is literally a point build up update to get us to what we really should have seen last year with Android 12. I'm hoping also that by the end of the year, we're going to start seeing a surprise maybe of desktop experience improvements within Android. And that's something obviously will require that the 7 and the 7 Pro support HDMI out or video out over USB-C. So I'm really looking forward to see what Google has to do. And I'm hoping that this is going to be the year where they change things and they allow us to truly utilize the full power of the, uh, the Tensor uh, processor as a mobile computing experience supported by our smartphone, but not necessarily running on a smaller, you know, 6.7, 6.8 inch display. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how things go there, of course. Um, I have the Galaxy Watch 4 and it's decent grounded tech. It, you know, actually, it's not a bad watch. I don't, I'm not trying to diss it. I love, I'll, I'll say this. Samsung made Wear OS 3.0 look like Tizen OS. So for the most part, if you've used the Tizen uh, smartwatch from Samsung for years, this is not going to look very different. You're going to see a few features that you probably didn't realize existed prior to, to this year because Wear OS and the functionalities of the apps that we have in there. But I love the fact that we have YouTube music support in there. We also obviously uh, Spotify is coming in there. Uh, we also have some other applications in there that are going to come over. So I want to see more support for apps like WhatsApp. I want to see Telegram messages to be a little bit better supported in there. I want to see other applications like WeChat and so on come in. And I say this honestly because I actually use these services. I communicate heavily on WeChat with some of my contacts over in China, or even if they live in the Euro in the European market, they're still using WeChat to communicate. So, long story short, we want to be able to get those benefits. We want to be able to use the assistant on the Galaxy Watch, which this is what Samsung's trying to do at the, very soon, removing the Bixby functionality, or at least give us the option of using one over the other. I like the assistant. One of the main reasons I use TickWatch. They are very much as stock experience as possible. They have a very small minimalistic launcher that's built in for the app drawer. Overall, otherwise, then it runs really nice. And the Ultra is very much a solid performer. We just need Wear 3.0. So I'm hoping to find out. I'm hoping we'll have a better timeline on that one as well. Uh, purpose of the game, I have a stream <laughs> on top of my monitor. I may be missing some chat. Uh, yeah, man. It, it's I, I So I stream... I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for everybody's point of view, just for reference, just during the week when I'm working, I work mostly on the bottom display here on the bottom. And then the top display is typically what will happen. It's either Dan in his stream, Matt in his stream, or Roger in his stream. And it's usually running for me all the time. So with, with Roger, obviously, we're playing marbles, we're playing the, uh, race games and so on, and Dan been doing similar things. And of course, with uh, <laughs> uh, with Matt, it's always Call of Duty. And of course, the new maps in Godzilla versus Kong is really, really nice. So if you haven't had a chance to play uh, Call of Duty. I think it's free this weekend. Warzone is free this weekend, so you don't even have to buy the game. Um, although I think Warzone, for the most part, is a free game. I'm trying to figure out what the free portion of it is. Or maybe playing Kong versus uh, that portion of the game is free this weekend, because I saw somewhere a thing about that. Um, oh, here, Farhan is jumping in. So the only thing I worry about Wear OS is the battery life. Tizen OS fa uh, fare is better. That's true. Tizen can run between four to five days uh, on a single charge, and it was definitely more optimized. But I think it's mostly because of the functions that we get typically with Tizen are more not as connected, not as on demand as, as always. So Wear OS for me ran about two days or so on the on the Galaxy Watch 4. So it wasn't super bad, but it was consistent in what I typically get with, uh, you know, with the Tick Watch, which is still giving me that experience. 
But, you know, TickWatch has always applies that dual technology, the dual layer technology of displays. So you have to kind of appreciate what you're getting there overall in, in that sense of technology. Do you get the display that runs all the time? Like right now we're running on the on the uh, top display. This is a uh, low, low light, um, low power consumption display. We can customize the color for it, but it doesn't draw battery as much as what you know normal Wear OS with an always-on display. So for me, this is type. This is really where we need to see more technology, more innovation into how do you extend the battery life and still give uh, give us the functionalities of Wear OS. So I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> uh, grounded tech is like basically TK is addicted to stream. Yeah, because Juan Carlos is also there on Monday. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. And in reality, um, streams for me are like a great way to connect and also stay uh, up to date with a lot of our, a lot of my friends. So it always makes sense. And we're trying to keep it, you know, nice and fresh and, and easy to kind of keep it. So it, it's a perfect setup for me, having that secondary display. And of course, uh, especially when you were playing games and so on with Roger, because you always have to figure out exactly when to do the boost in the race so that you can try to win as opposed to just look like an idiot, like 90% of the time what I look like. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I really like uh, the, the community that we have around us here. And streaming is a fun thing for me. I just don't stream enough. Um, I was hoping to have more time with the Xperia 1 Mark IV to stream more content. I want to be able to do game streaming off of this because I could do that anywhere, right? And I can do that obviously on my Twitch. Um, one thing I'm really excited to, that uh, I heard from them is that the Xperia Pro I and the Pro are going to be getting the live streaming feature in early, in sometime in June or, or right before the beginning of July. So the feature will come back to the Pro I, which I still think to this point, I feel like is the best um, pro version of of Sony devices that we can get on the market and definitely feels really good. It has 90% of the features. Obviously, uh, it also has a 50 millimeter lens, which is we still don't have on the standard uh, Mark, uh, the Mark series, like the one, um, uh, the Xperia ones, of course. Um, let me see here. TK lurks in stream as always uh, for support. He definitely doesn't need to stream. <laughs> he streams, yeah. Yeah, uh, and literally, uh, even with Matt's, uh, it, and so here's the thing. I look at this as, 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 as seriously, just as a very basic thing. If you're sitting on a computer and you have access to the internet, obviously there's no bandwidth concern. There's no reason not to open up. Even if you can't really engage with the channel or with the with the with the creator, there's no reason why not why you can't open up a content and just leave it in an open tab. You don't have to have it as a primary tab. You can switch around. It's, Twitch doesn't care. You can even run multiple streams at the same time, which is something that you want to keep in mind and, and appreciate what you're able to do. One thing it does, A, it helps the, the creator, it helps the community grow, and it also shows the support that the creator obviously is able to do, and you're able to listen to them. So for me, I really love and I enjoy learning the, the little tricks that Matt has in his gaming because I, I get to improve my gaming experience by watching him go through his. And this is where it kind of gets uh, there. And then, of course, with, with Roger, we get, you know, if you guys have a chance to check it out on Tuesdays, he actually runs competitions. And you're able to win stuff off of his thing, or or you can even try to mess with him and try to you know get him to to spin some really really interesting uh, jelly beans in there. So really love that. And then with Dan, same thing. You know, you get to play some Final Fantasy, you get to play some marbles, you get to play some racing. It's just a fun experience. And of course, we have Juan Carlos on Mondays with with the news recapping the event. So we'll we'll, we'll I always love the fact that we have something going 
Um, and one thing I will say that I really appreciate from working from home. So my day job does not allow me to, my day job blocks Twitch. So for me, for the most part, when I used to be in the office, I always had to have Twitch running on a phone, sitting on the side on, the, on a, on a, on a handle just to be able to get Twitch to run. And it was always like this tiny little thing. I could never see when I'm whatever's going on, because if you're trying to pay attention, so long story short, yes, I have an, I have a problem. I am on Twitch all the time. And I also I also run uh, music streaming uh, streaming. Uh, I, I follow a few DJs in Germany uh, because of trance, because that's what I listen to. So I wake up in the morning and they're typically streaming. So I wake up with that in the morning. So that why not? <laughs> uh, Matt has tricks in his gaming, various ways he gets uh, <laughs> to get shot. <laughs> well, I want to say shots are fired, but I think Dan said the word. So it's in there. Um, so here, uh, Pixels. Oh, welcome to the welcome to the show. Uh, first time seeing the name. Um, I've pre-ordered the the Xperia One Mark Four with the Snapdragon Eight Gen One, and wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't a toaster like the Snapdragon Eight Ten. Um, I think that well, sir. First and foremost, congratulations. I hopefully you'll be able to get it much sooner than what we have here in the U.S. Um, it's Sony has has done. It's, there's a few things to keep in mind with the form factor of the phone. It's a longer phone. The battery can definitely sit a little bit down. Also, the fact that, that it's much wider and it actually has the ability of dissipating a little bit more heat. This is one of the biggest things, as well as the HS power control functionality that we have in there. Also, honest to God, with the 8, 8, the 8 Gen 1, if your phone supports, and I'm not going to call it throttling, but I'm th basically basically a two-step uh, functionality for performance. You have standard performance, which is a throttled 90% performance, or 100. Haven't had a chance or haven't had a need especially for gaming and gaming in, uh, in these days to actually need full performance mode on any game. I've had to push up the uh, touch sensitivity and touch response functionality more so than the actual performance. I don't think the 8 Gen 1 needs to run at 100% to give us a good experience in Call of Duty, um, in um, uh, what's it called, Call of Duty, PUBG, or even racing games type of things. Where you need the horsepower is when you play in games like Undead Horde and when you play in games like uh, you know that, um, Alien, uh, Alien Isolation. Things that are typically not intended to to run. I mean, there were obviously ports, uh, PC uh, ports coming over that require and can push your device to the limit. Uh, but what I'm trying to say essentially at the end of the day is Sony does a very good job in marrying um, video experience for video consumption experience, uh, music cons uh, consumption experience, content creation, content editing. Now, even content, uh, you know, audio performance that they're bringing in. And I don't have a chance to check it out yet, but the audio or the music pro app that was released, that's going to be released with the, with the public version of this device is definitely an amazing move forward into what Sony wants to try to do. Studio grade audio level on the go is going to be an epic change for creators because people like like I am. If let's say I'm on a plane, I'm in a studio, I'm in the, I'm in the airport, I'm driving, I'm going somewhere, but I want to be able to record some audio for my content. I can do that on the go now. I can sit somewhere and just record it, get it up to the cloud, let it process, come back down, studio grade, put that VO in a video, and I'm done. I don't have to worry about that, and I can shoot the content with the, on the phone. Because the content is being edited online, all it ends up basically doing is you upload it through the Music Pro. It is a subscription-based app, uh, it, it, at least the way it looks like in the U.S., about four, uh, five bucks, uh, four ninety-nine. But if this is something that you rely on as, on a daily basis for work, this is going to be great, um, especially if you want to take notes. Like if I know a lot of people that love to, to use their phones to record uh, classroom uh, lectures. This could definitely be a big thing for you where you're able to actually hear what the professor's trying to tell you as opposed to basically trying to figure out what all the background noise is going on. So long story short, 
what we see with this device now is a big move into productivity, functionality, and leveraging what you can do with the phone. And because it, it runs and it renders all that audio on the cloud, you're still able to use the cameras. You're still able to use your phone. This is a big multitasking type of an experience that Sony's trying to do. And now, obviously, I would love to see some of that processing done on device. But realistically, do I really want it to nuke my battery to try to process that much audio in there? No, I would rather have it run uh, on the cloud because audio files typically are not as large as video files. Just keep that in mind when you're talking about si file size. So depending on what level they record, this could be great. And if you're a musician, this is definitely going to be a big factor. Uh, let me see here. Recording podcasts could be huge too. So absolutely. Grant, uh, Dan, Dan is jumping in with that one uh, for podcasting. Yes, absolutely. When you have multiple people using, uh, you have multiple people recording and the fact since we can actually run audio in to our device using external microphones and so on, you could definitely benefit from using this type of technology. And this is the biggest thing. I know the app is called Music Pro, but I really think it should be called Audio Pro because it truly focuses on what getting you a pro level experience when it comes to audio, not just music. Although I understand where the main uh, the, the main focus is, I think it's intended to be for content creators or musicians that are able to record their the the the, the primary audio vocals and then overlay the music to it later on. So you don't have to necessarily have everybody do the same thing. And th this is something that music the music industry has been doing for many years, where um, contacts or, or tracks or, or records are are basically made with people that have never sat in the same room recording their own content in their own studios and then sharing it over the internet. And of course, being able to collaborate that way. It just It's amazing how the internet has changed uh, music production over the years, especially for me, electronica or EDM or anything like that. There's so much work done that like that in there for, for sure. I'm with you on that one, Dan. Uh, across the podcast with Sam and Matt. I miss that. Man, I miss hanging out with you guys. It was it was fun. Sam and Matt, it, it, it's it's a beautiful uh, and, and of course, you know, Sam and and, uh, and Joe are obviously doing really nicely as well. Kind of like the whole relationship. Uh, but yeah, getting a little bit more, you know, getting better conversations with the with the with the two guys, and uh, on uh, oh man, was it on Tuesday or Wednesday? So I redeemed this thing on Wednesday or Tuesday in Matt's chat uh, in his video, um, where because if you guys watch the show, you know Matt loves to be a little bit colorful with his words and so on. Obviously, he means it means very well, but he has one of the redemptions in there to have him stop cussing. <laughs> oh my god, that was so fun! When I saw that, I was like, redeem. <laughs> It was fun because when he saw it, it was like, okay, now I have to be a little bit more like, okay, can, I can't say that. I can say fudge or whatever like that. So it, um, I, I say this with with a, with a true um, appreciation. I don't do it to mess with you. I do it because it's it's actually part of the experience, realistically. And it's the same thing with with Roger when I'm on the show when we redeem some things like you know to do a spin wheel and stuff like that. It's part of the show. It's part of the community. You're hanging there. You're having fun. You're kicking it. You're trying to get it so that your day kind of goes well. And I feel like I hope that this is what the Android Bay does for you guys as well on Saturdays. I know it's on the weekends. Everybody else usually does it on the weekdays. Um, but it's it's a continuation from the Saturday morning with tech. I've always loved Saturday mornings to kick it with my friends, watching cartoons and so on. And a tech is also a big, a big passion of mine. And this is really why we are where we are now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Okay, so purposely, uh, sorry, the Reaper Black jumping back. A TK, um, you know TK, I like the Pixel Six more than the Pixel Six Pro. You get exactly the same experience, excluding the telephoto lens, which again depends on if that's something you care, uh, you need essentially. But I noticed that the only we only have one configuration, one twenty eight. We don't have a two fifty six. I've, I, 
I, I truly believe nowadays 256 should be the standard. I don't think 128 is realistically, uh, and, and I say this because we have to understand the fact that most smartphone owners are generational smartphone owners. This is no longer the people that are jumping in from feature phones. We're talking about people now that have probably gone through one, maybe two cycles of upgrading on a smartphone. So meaning they've, they may be carrying a library of collection of pictures that they want to keep on device. Nothing's wrong with storage online. I'm just talking about generational people, what they want to do. People that are moving in from one device to the other, I think 128 is just absolutely not acceptable because I think when you think about it in that matter, you know, the companies or, you know, OEMs or the companies when they're putting their phones together, they're assuming you're going into this fresh. They're assuming you're coming in, you're going to just dump everything prior and then you're going to come in there. And that's where the fallacy is happening. This is where the, the thinking process is not being challenged because they're not hearing it. The reality of the matter is, yes, the Pixel 6 is a better phone, but everybody bought the 128 model, so Google never finds out that the 128 is not the right storage. Now, obviously, this is kind of working the other way around as well. You know, if you don't have a 256 model, how do you tell them in this realistically? Um, there are many ways to submit Google uh, to, to submit feedback back to Google. There is many different ways to submit feedback. Make your voice uh, heard. Um, for me. My biggest challenge with the 6 Pro wasn't the capabilities of the 6 Pro. It was the storage of the 6 Pro. At the time of the Pixel 6, 6 and 6 Pro launch, they were going like gangbusters. There was no way to find them. And anywhere and everywhere that you found a Pixel, it was like three to $400 overpriced because scalpers or, or people just wanting to buy the phone and resell it. It was just like a weird relationship to see when it comes to Pixel. And obviously, it's normalized now. You should be able to pick up whichever one you want. But I, to answer your question, yes, we should have more options. I think 256 should be a definite uh, consistent experience requirement for a device that can shoot 4K 60, that can shoot high resolution video, that can give you high resolution images. Literally, when we're talking about images that can be two, you know, six megabytes uh, of an image, imagine how quickly you can fill that up if you're trying to take really good quality images of your family and friends when you're in an event and so on. And even when you're testing, obviously it's not a standard experience, but yeah, I can easily eat through a 128. And I did at one point on the 128 model of the Pixel 6 Pro. And I think for now, what I do is I just don't use a lot of the internal storage. I keep leveraging storage on uh, online and I offload because I'm limited by the 128. I can't, you can't pass it. You can't use other options in there with Pixels. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think it's a big thing that I think I'm hoping the 7 and the 7 Pro fix. TNC is like, Matt never says a bad word. Matt is a gentleman. He speaks the good English and, and cusses in the same language as well. Now, you know what? He's just, a, I'll be very honest. Matt is a very passionate person. This is really, uh, people that use those, uh, that use that, I'm saying I'm not a passionate person. Um, it just depends on how they feel, right? It's in the moment. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've been in those situations where I feel like I just want to yeah, jump at the, at the other person's throat. But just when you're playing a game and you you get jumped in that weird position and you know people love to camp and a whole bunch of different things. I I, I get you. I get you. Uh, and Matt, I managed it. No, he did. He did well. But it was funny to see the reaction on his face when he's like, oh, crap. He redeemed that one. Like, yeah, you know, it's fun. It's always nice to see. Uh, yeah, and, and Greg, oh, definitely. Greg, always there. Aditya, Greg, everybody. You guys are just absolutely fantastic, man. Eldrosa, man, hope you're doing well. <laughs> I'm late to the game. No, you're not late to the game. We're kind of like, you know, in, in the stretch. I think that's pretty much where we are. Uh, Farhan jumping in with us here. 256 should be the standard for smartphones with, uh, without micro SD cards uh, support. For a smartphone with micro SD card, I think 128 should be fine. 
Absolutely. Anytime you're able to extend, expand the storage or, or at least um, offload your library, because 90% of people that fill up their phones, it's not because they have that many apps and apps running there. There is a possibility, but most of it is because their music slash uh, video library, which brings us back to the whole, you know, the, the death of the iPod kind of situation. But no, it's because the iPod has evolved. It becomes the iPhone and the iPhone is what the iPod used to be. Uh, so if you think about it, the IP on both the iPhone and the iPod are still there. It's in the actual technology. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Jimmy Fire Dragon, exactly the same thing. I, sip, I, I keep hovering over the 256, so it's nice to have a 512 storage, um, El Josa. Uh, this, is, this has been the year which I truly appreciate it. Um, and that's actually also one of the other things that I really appreciate about the Xperia 1 Mark IV. Sony, at least in the U.S. market, I, I, I'm hearing rumors, not rumors, I'm hearing some people, some people commenting in the, that in the European market, and maybe you guys can let me know because uh, I haven't had a chance to see it. In the European market, there is a 256 variant of the Xperia uh, 1 Mark IV. But in the U.S., you only get 512. The 512 is the standard. There is no lower. There's no higher. There's just 512. And you have the expandable storage at the bottom. So it's like seriously just flipping it on top of itself so this is where i when we, when people start comparing you know what the xperia one mark four is doing and they're like well it's not an iphone and then like well yeah it's not an iphone it's not trying to be an iphone but then let's look at what the iphone offers and what what the xperia offers xperia offers you a 4k 120 hertz refresh rate gives you 4k 120 hertz uh you know content shoots 4k 120 on all three sensors on the back um and of course you're getting you know 512 gigs of internal storage, as well as an expandable SD card, where the iPhone won't do that and will never do that. And it's the same thing with Samsung devices at that price point. You're looking at it like, well, why is it so expensive? Because nobody stumbles into an Xperia. And people that buy Xperia are looking for Xperia specifically for what Xperia and Sony has to offer. So look at it in that sense. And I feel like people will start appreciating things a little bit more. Uh, it's not always a challenge or a fight of what's the, you know, what's what's the best phone I can get at my carrier? Well, those are the phones that you have at your carrier. And your carrier is very specific into what they pick. They don't cover everything. They don't give you all the options. They give you very specific tailored experiences that they have deals with. The phones, the way we see them in carrier stores are very much a tailored experience into what the carrier wanted. They have a say in every single piece of hardware that goes in there. They don't give you all the options and you technically don't really own your phone because at the end of the day, you don't have full control over that phone. They do. One thing, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of what T-Mobile does and what T-Mobile has been doing for many, many years. But the last, this year's experience when I got the S22 Ultra on T-Mobile and I saw what they did with their software, their, their auto installation of application, their auto, auto reinstallation of apps that I uninstalled and labeling them to improve camera, improve experience on a smartphone by installing Facebook. I don't know how that makes sense. So I, I, I went further and disabled any capability that there was able to, for me to be able to, for them to be able to reinstall their apps again. Because at the end of the day, I really think we need to own the processes and the things that go on our phone. It's not just a carrier. They're not giving me a free phone and I'm getting their experience on it. I'm paying money out of my pocket for a phone that I want to be able to enjoy. And if I don't want Facebook installed automatically on my phone, I don't want Facebook installed automatically. It's just, don't get me wrong. Nothing's wrong with Facebook. It's just, that was not one of the things. But anyways, a small rant there. We'll let that go. Um, what? Oh, wow. Okay, we are almost at that time, <laughs> roughly. But um, uh, the Reaper Black. Uh, <laughs> see, Dan, Matt knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so it's it's almost that time of obviously the the TKception. So if you guys are new to the show, please make sure you'll just start seeing some hashtags in the in the chat in there. But I do want to kind of like uh, kind of put things a little bit. <laughs> nothing's wrong with Facebook. 
Okay, Jamie Fire. Nothing's wrong with Facebook. TK, what is wrong with no? Let's not let's not go into that 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 little bit of a. No, it was just to me. It was more about I didn't want. I mean, if I want to install Facebook, I want to install it. I don't need an apps an app selector app from T-Mobile to select what apps I want. More so, this is the kicker. It didn't ask my permission to install them. That's what got me. I got a notification in my notification panel telling me that App Selector or App Search, I forgot the name of it, but essentially it's an app thing that from T-Mobile is installing that. And I was like, uh, no, I didn't have a choice. I had to wait for it to finish installing. Once that was installed, go in there and uninstall what I didn't like out of the packages. What what got me at the end of the day was this. Um, the This is from like years ago. T-Mobile loves to run, uh, and, I, and I think want to say AT&T does the same, but T-Mobile, at least from my experience, they run a certain uh, data aggregation app system, an app that runs in the background on most devices that they sell. And this app runs and collects data and sends it back to T-Mobile. Now, it's not sending specific data. It's general data. But it's still technically providing usage statistics out of your phone to T-Mobile so that they can get the usage statistics and the metrics and the things that they want. But this is something running on your phone that you paid hard-earned cash, full retail price, and they're able to collect that data for free. But then they get money out of that data because that's how it runs. So there's no real sharing of profit here. And it's not like I'm getting a discount for it, but I, I digress. Those I've typically disabled right away. You have the option of disabling this function when you're setting up the phone, although it doesn't remove the process out of the background on the phone. So if you're familiar with Samsung or uh, not Samsung, but like phones, they typically leave the process in the background, but it's supposed to disable it. How, do we, how much do you trust that? I'll leave that up to you. So that was part of it. The the change this year is with Samsung devices, at least, and I think if I'm not mistaken, even with my Nord, you had to have a an active SIM with that carrier to even set up the phone. So that's step one. But that whole auto installation process thing that I am not happy with that at all. And T-Mobile needs to fix that quickly. You should not have the authority to install things on my phone without asking my permission. Give me a notification saying, you know, app search is recommending these. Do you want them? I can dismiss it or install them, but don't auto install. That is just not, that was just not cool. I, I did not like that at all. Uh, but with that saying, be, with that being said, I know it's a lot of people are starting to put that, the hashtags in there. Um, I am very, very happy with the Xperia 1 Mark IV. Very happy. And I, I really feel like Sony just like, seriously, I love their model. I want them to continue doing what they're doing. And I really want them to, to bring more functional options. And we didn't hear anything about the Xperia 5. I'm hoping the Xperia 5 didn't get canceled, but we'll see. Typically, we hear about it at this stage. But I know that the Xperia 1 and the Xperia 10 got released or announced. So hopefully, we'll see more information about the, the 10. I saw some videos, but I didn't get a chance to watch any of those yet. Um, so very happy with the Xperia 1 Mark IV. Really looking forward to seeing when that comes out, comes back up in the market here in the US because I want to be able to play a little bit more time uh, with more of a retail experience. Uh, Music Pro is just not available right now for us. And I know our buddies in Europe will probably play with it a little bit more, but we'll see. Google I.O., so much surprises, so much happy, so much really cool things going on. And I'm very happy to see all of the things that Google's doing. Um, this is a truly a return to somewhat of a norm. They had an actual live event at the uh, in, in at you know at Google I/O uh, this year. Unfortunately, I wasn't I wasn't part of it. I don't think it was an opening to everybody to be able to join. I want to say there was some media there, but I don't know. And I, I know at least T-Mobile, uh, Des from T-Mobile was there. But these are more partners. Uh, um, what what are called. Uh, Industry partners, they're not media. So that's different. Even though Des reports and provides a lot of inputs online, he's technically an employee of T-Mobile, and that's where he was there. And 
uh, long story short, so more so excited. I want to see glasses. I want to see the Pixel Watch, the 6A, the 7, the 7 Pro. I want to see the tablet. And I also want to see some of those new features, specifically, although not very well demonstrated on stage, that whole ability of not needing to use the keyword to initiate functionalities with the uh, Home Max, not the Home Max, the, um, the Nest Hub Max. Because to me, that makes perfect sense. It's a large enough of a display and a really good camera system. Every day, I love the fact that when I wake up in the morning and go down and make my coffee, it greets. It gives me some information. I got some news and quick things. And I feel like when we're in that mode, I should be able to ask it things without having to you know, say the words very, you know, to initiate it and so on. So very happy to see that. And of course, uh, the Magic 4 Pro, seriously, amazing bang for the buck priced at under a thousand pounds uh, under a thousand pounds in the uk but i'm thinking it's even cheaper obviously or anywhere else um depending on where you're able to get it and i think honor is really on a on a return to redemption type of an experience and i'm very happy to see that i'm very happy to be able to work with them as well uh the magic 4 pro has surprised me and surpassed my expectations but it really brings back that really love that i have for honor and what they represent so with that being said Let's go ahead and bring up the screen here. It is that time of the day. Uh, if you guys are new to the channel, haven't been able to see it before, we have this nice little, uh, I like to call it a TKception. It was a it was a thing that happened literally over a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, when the show started as the Saturday, mor Saturday morning with tech. And I was trying to share my screen, and it was by accident, and we created this nice little effect that does this. It is an inception uh, of, of the show, and you're able to basically catch the show in a way that nobody else can. Ah, there was a slight delay. Uh, so we get the inception, the show within the show, within the show, within the show. Uh, so we'll start it off with Matt, of course, as always, uh, new hashtags incoming. Uh, ground, uh, grounded Chill Tech, uh, then Grounded Chill, always, always, everybody kicking it with us here as well. Uh, Finn Jacobs, thank you very much for hanging out with us, man. Uh, always appreciate your support. Greg, always the best. TKception to Google I.O. Bay and TKception, of course. So, sorry, I fell asleep. Oh, my God. No, dude. Enjoy, man. Hope, you, hope you're able to rest. TKception, TK Tesla Bay, TK Android Bay. Hey, we made it. Uh, and then TK into Bloatware Bay. You know, we really need to have better control. There needs to be a better process. And it's one of the very few reasons I still advocate for rooting a smartphone when it comes to this level of issues. Now, I didn't have to go rooting my Samsung to be able to disable certain things there, but like non-Samsung devices don't typically get the same love um, to be able to get some applications that offer non-root methods. So yeah, bloatware, never the best, but yeah, we'll definitely have to go in there. Uh, of course, Matt, jumping back, TKception, TKRB, TK the man, the legend, Juan Bagnell, as always, my buddy. Uh, hope hope everything's going well with Juan this weekend. I hope you're able to take some time. TNC, thank you very much. TKception. Uh, oh, man, everybody hanging out. Oh, oh, my God, so much love. Oh, my God, so much love, so much love. Uh, Ibrahim, thank you very much. Always hanging out with us. Jimmy Fire Dragon. Uh, Jermaine, the man, the myth himself. Jermaine, concept creators. Always, always nice. Nice to see you come in here, man. Dude, I'm honestly just happy that you were able to hang out. Typically, literally, I know our days are busy, are crazy. I hope things kind of go. And I feel weird when I don't have Saturday mornings or like the the, the show with everybody. So always, always there. Uh, TK still needs to eat Beanception. <laughs> I don't know, Roger Bot. Maybe we should have Roger Bot show up on the show one day. And um, it, so th here's an idea. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. And of course, tweet at both Roger and myself. I'd love to have Roger Bot show up from you know the twitch uh, experience there with the with the wheel 
I will promise that I will be will buy a same package as what Roger has. So we will both have the same selection of beans. And I would not mind going ahead to head a little bit and seeing which one of us gets the worst beans. So if we want to make this happen, let's all think it together and make this happen. Uh, Roger, I, I accept your challenge, uh, my friend. Uh, but yes, only if we can also bring in Sweetest Moon, because I think she wins on everything. Literally everybody kicking it with us. Grounded Tech, thank you very much. Um, and of course, my tech reviews, Rolando's in the chat as well. Jermaine, ER, uh, everybody hanging out with us here on Saturday and just enjoying your 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 tech. Um, so for me, this week, or at least next week, is going to be focused mostly on, um, obviously, I want to put out another Magic 4. I want to put out the video to review the Magic 4 Pro. I didn't have the, the device long enough to review it. Uh, I know there are some people that put out reviews. I don't know how long they had their phone before me, but long story short, I want to give it enough time to uh, to show me everything that it has. And maybe we'll see if there's an update for that as well. Uh, the Xperia 1 Mark IV, I have uh, literally two more days left with it. It goes back on Monday. So I'm going to try to shoot a lot of uh, content ahead. I do definitely want to show or do one video focusing on the live streaming function and how to set it up and all the different flexibilities that we get in there. I did a demo of the live streaming the morning after the the uh, the embargo. So if you guys haven't had a check, I think most of you guys were with me, which is really nice. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, hopefully we'll start seeing some more stuff coming out and some more announcements, new devices, new things coming up. Um, there are embargoes, there always, always be embargoes, but I love the fact that you guys are some of the best people, some of the best fans to not only hang out with, but talk to, and of course, have fun. Uh, and hopefully we'll have another uh, giveaway before the summer is out. I want to, I actually want to do another giveaway. I don't mind. Uh, I do have sometimes devices that I'm able to keep. And if I am able to keep and their companies are okay, I don't mind sharing that with you guys. So I think that's going to be one of the better options. And, um, you know, I, I'm also even tempted to say that I may want to be able to start up my own discord because I'll be very honest with you. I would much rather give away a phone in the discord to you guys in the chat. What, you know, the people that are in and you know, here day in and day out than to try to do like the whole competition or whatever, because at the end of the day, realistically, um, it's really more about you. I, I'm not trying to grow the channel just for the sake of growing it with a giveaway. I'm wanting to support the people that truly come in day in and day out. And this is the best way to do it. So with that being said, I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope you do well. I want to say thank you very much to Aditya for kicking it with us. Um, I appreciate it. Sorry, man, if I missed your comments from before. I didn't see that. <laughs> thank you for the show. Uh, yeah, helped me in more ways than you can imagine. Uh, love you all. Please stay safe. Always, always. And, and, and hydrate, please. Um, always. That's one of the big things about after Ramadan. I can drink. So be safe. Stay safe. Let technology help you do better and be better than what you can, um, you know, and just my, at the end of the day, just enjoy what you do. Uh, I'll see you guys next week, obviously, for another episode of the rest of our week on Thursday. Monday, we'll be in the chat with uh, Juan Carlos. Of course, we'll have Dan, we'll have Matt, we'll have, uh, of course, uh, Roger Brod going on during the week. And we'll be back for another episode of the Android Bay next Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye for now.